Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined, as always, by Star Sport editor, Kieran McCarthy. On this week's show, we're going to focus on pre-season training and ask what are the best practices clubs should be following at this time of year in order to get the most out of the season ahead. And in a few minutes, we're going to chat to ex Cork footballer Colm O'Driscoll who as many of our listeners will know has found plenty of success working as a strength and conditioning coach with the likes of Noosa Town or Donovan Rossa and the Cork under 20s but Kieran, before we hear for Colm, from Colm even I want to know a little bit about your own personal SNC routine your nutrition plan now we might as well make this clear from the top of the show neither you or I are elite Athletes, we're well. One of us is less elite than the other, but go on. <laughs> but yeah. we might fall into yeah. the bracket of the, the a good bit below the elite. I mean, in amongst the common man. So uh, <laughs> I think it's interesting to kind of see how this, the likes of ourselves, who are sports nuts, who mm-hmm. have played sport at yeah. a variety of different levels. Obviously, the likes of strength and conditioning and nutrition probably didn't come into your sporting life too much. No. We're going to hear from Colm, who's going to talk to us about how you can transfer some of the elements of elite nutrition and strength and conditioning into the common athlete's way of living but from your own perspective how has your life in sport and training been as you know from my chiseled physique you know like i'm a dedicated kind of i suppose twice a year gym man you know and you can see that the results are there but not all serious it's more kind of i actually started back running the weekend just gone um and uh, like we were just chatting to column obviously for this podcast and i made the mistake of going too hard too fast too early kind of I did two two jobs the weekend just gone on a Friday and a Sunday 6k in both days first day the 6k was fine the Friday tipped away Sunday then oh my god the legs were absolute bits but just didn't kind of just like that shock and awe technique you know kind of try too much too soon so um, nutrition is so important I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be some sort of extra because I'm not you know kind of I have all the bad habits that that, that people shouldn't have you know Um but Cullum talks an awful lot of sense, you know, and it's kind of whether you're a junior footballer or whether you're just someone doing a bit of cycling or a bit of jogging, there's a lot you can take from what Cullum says because a lot of it's common sense and a lot of it is stuff we've heard before. But I always think it's the um, it's it's that strength of mind, the word I'm looking for, kind of that almost application to kind of, like he was saying, um, takeaways aren't good for you, you know, kind of uh, microwave meals aren't good for you. But like every now and again, we all lapse into that. You know, if you can stay away from those sort of foods, that can, that can really help. But um, you'd be more along this line. Like you are, uh, you're a boxer, you're a soccer player, you're a, a hurler from that bastion in Kilkenny. So kind of, you're in a better spot to talk about this than, than I am. Yeah, well, obviously you mentioned I do still play soccer. I do. Yes, we I, have heard it every week. The ball, ball I do tomorrow. box and I did hurl last year, mm-hmm. but as any of the people who I train with or <laughs> play with, they'll, they'll be able to tell you I am nowhere close to the elite level as well. And it's nutrition in particular is something I've never really taken too seriously, primarily because I realise from a 
young enough age that I was never going to be more than a club or a junior mm-hmm. player. So it kind of fell by the wayside. But after hearing Cullum speak last night, there are little wins that could turn in theory. Now I'm, I'm too old now. But for like say a 22 or 23 year old club hurler or soccer player who feels like they're probably not good enough to make to maybe push mm-hmm. on to the next level. So they just don't take the nutrition seriously, which is like what I and so many of my friends would have done, you know, going out drinking, eating takeaways too much, etc. But it's even but the way Cullen spoke yeah. though, there are little wins. If you mm-hmm. actually do take your nutrition seriously from a young age, it will actually give you an advantage over players who might be far better than you. Yeah. But if you have the application. So that's what I found interesting. It's too late for me. It's probably too mm-hmm. late for you. Right, right, it's, it's not too, too late for me. <laughs> but, but even for the general listener to this, it's um, there's, there's a bit you can take a couple of years ago when um, Colm had the, the gym out in Drimmer League um, I did a kind of a he was a physical trainer for me for, for a number of months it all started we did the Get Active magazine um, here in the Southern Star and this year's Get Active magazine is actually out next week so keep an eye on that but for that magazine it was three years ago I went out uh, when Colm had the gym out in Drimmer League and I, I did a session and I'm not joking I felt so sick after it it kind of highlighted to me just how far off the mark I, I'd fallen. Um, so for a couple of months then, I used to meet me Cullum kind of twice a week. And the difference was incredible, you know. Um, tough work kind of, but between eating properly and gym work and so on for those, I felt the benefits kind of almost instantly kind of. And I kept that up for probably five or six months and then I fell into my old ways again and I just stopped and haven't got, gone back since. But it was like a glimpse into, you just feel so much better about yourself, you know, kind of, I suppose, not to be taking fitness for granted or health for granted, but if you do eat properly and you do exercise, there's definite benefits there. Like you have more energy during the day, you just feel better about yourself and just this general sense of well-being. So, um, like it, it's a it's a new year now, and if, if everyone just kind of supposed took a bit more interest in their health, you do feel the benefits of it. Okay, well, Kieran, I think that's enough guff from two. I I go so far as saying slobs. So let's hear from a man who actually knows what he's talking about when it comes to. Strength and conditioning, pre-season training and nutrition. It's Cora's Colm O'Driscoll. Delighted to be joined in the studio by Colm O'Driscoll for a chat about strength and conditioning. Colm has been involved with your Donovan Rasta seniors and under-21s as their strength and conditioning coach the last two years with Newcestown. Um, last year, Newcestown seniors and involved with the Cork under-20s for one year as well. So no better men to chat about, I suppose, strength and conditioning, especially this time of the year, Cullum, um, pre-season training. There's clubs all over West Cork and even the county. They're kind of kicking back into gear after a couple of weeks or, 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 or months off. So first off, from your experience, did you like coming back into training after the Christmas period? What was what was that like? Um, I don't know. Does anybody like like coming back into training or maybe after the Christmas break or, or maybe starting just before it? But <clears throat> I suppose you, you enjoy getting back into the buzz of training and, and you know, meeting the lads that you maybe haven't seen for a few weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and maybe just getting out into the pitch and getting a bit of fresh air into the lungs and, and back in the gym and things like that. But you know, the, I don't think anybody really enjoys the, the real hard slog of, of pre-season training. But. Yeah, because pre-season training, like, that is when the hard work is done for the season mm-hmm. ahead. But mm-hmm. what, like, what should players get out of pre-season? What is pre-season for? I suppose pre-season is, is to, to get you through the, through the year, really. Um, you know, like in, in the SNC industry, we call it kind of making players uh, robust, really. Um, and we want to get them through injury-free. Um, different players have different needs. Some guys need to... To maybe lean up or, or, or cut down a little bit. More guys need to bulk up. More guys looking for more speed, more power. Um, so it depends on what players are looking for. Mm-hmm. 
But if you were to take an overall general view, it would be to get players through the year injury free um, and you know set a set a baseline level of fitness to help them navigate through. Like has it changed over the years? Like like you've <coughs> obviously been playing football for Jesus, I don't know how long now, well over a decade or even more going back, mm. going back. Like have you seen a lot of changes? over the years in terms of are players looking after themselves more are they coming back fitter into pre-season compared to let's say 10 years ago yeah I think they are and I think the season is, is the general season is probably longer mm-hmm. you know which gives your, your layoff time it seems to be shorter um, and the, the, the fitness levels of teams and, and the strength of guys from working in the gym and stuff is is gone away up even in the last four or five or six years mm-hmm. so I don't think fellas can afford to, to take big breaks anymore or come back away out of condition or out of shape because you know, the speed of the game has <clears throat> has really progressed. And you know, you, you need to be fit and, and ready to go earlier in the season than you than maybe before. So the teams can work on tactics and there's lots of different things brought in. So I don't think the guys can leave themselves go out of condition anymore. Like those first couple of weeks, so like you said, you you're gonna wanna you wanna lay a base for the season ahead. What's it kind of what's a typical opening couple of weeks for, for a footballer or hurler back pre season training? Is it is it, is it a lot of fitness work, aerobic work, or what exactly are, are they doing, Colum? Or what should they do? Well, look, different guys have different have different theories on it, and look, there's there's no exact right or exact wrong to it. You know, different guys have different ways of doing it. But to me, you'd you'd always have to fit uh, fitness test your team at the start of the year and see, see where they're at. Um, and basically, you're making out maybe five six week program from there just to improve the base level of fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to take up their the work on their aerobic conditioning and and push up their <clears throat> their fitness level which will help recovery and stuff as, as you move into the second phase of it I suppose you're always you're also introducing lads to the gym um, you know the first the first six weeks of the gym programme you're just getting them back into it some guys start with with circuit training for two or three weeks just to get the body used to training again get used to loads going through the muscles to get the tendons ready to go you know I find that if you if you push it too hard too early you will break guys mm. you mentioned there like injury prevention <clears throat> kind of how can you build that into pre-season to help fellas get through a year well, a properly put together gym program should should include um, injury prevention stuff. Should improve. Should have prehab work in it, um, and you can also do a little bit of work on the pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, which when like when you're when you're when you are doing your some of your conditioning stuff, you can work on a little bit of hamstring work and stuff at the end of the session. With a lot of guys are picking up hamstring strains, and some of that is due to to overload. Some of it is due to to lack of conditioning. So there's, there's different factors so that you've got to assess the, the, the group of players you have and, and go from there. Like I said, like, no, these are the weeks where <coughs> clubs are kind of kind of dusting off the boots again. Um, you mentioned there about kind of on the pitch. Is it important to get the right balance between being out on the pitch and, and being in the gym? Uh, yes, it certainly is. No, I think a lot of guys kind of keep, keep their gym work going throughout the year, um, which is a good way of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like yes, you can you can ease back for a certain amount of time if you want, to, and then you can there's certain times of the year you can put the boot down, and there's times that you can back off again. But I think just in in, in general, guys are looking after themselves from from a health point of view a little bit more, so they're inclined to keep their gym work up all year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just about you know tailoring it in at the start of the year that you're not overloading them when you do put them back on the pitch. You know, it might be a case that you might need to back off the gym work a little bit for the first couple of weeks. Just so that the load doesn't go through the roof, and that that guys are coming off the pitch uninjured. Like it's made huge advances in in the last couple of years. Kind of like those those days of flogging a fella for twenty laps in mm. a pitch or running up and down sand dunes in a beach. Like they're <clears throat> they're gone, now, are they? They they are really yes. Yeah. Um, I suppose there's a couple of reasons guys won't do it for you anymore anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, you tell a guy that he's going to running laps there, and he'll be looking at you like you've two heads. So it's it's just it's, it's you just don't do it. Yeah. 
But like if you're <clears throat> if you work off of a, a level of fitness that you after fitness testing, guys, there's mo- <clears throat> there's much easier ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to keep guys out on the pitch all night at all. At the start of the year, you're talking maybe 30, 40 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe max. And <clears throat> when you're working off of a, an exact science that you're that you're working through a, f- a fitness test, then you don't have to have lads running laps or, or unnecessary stuff. So I think that also helps cut down on injuries. Um, and I think guys are they appreciate that when they're off the field after 35 or 40 minutes and. You know, you might hit the gym then for maybe another half an hour or so. Mm-hmm. You know, or like some guys prefer to do the gym work on their own, which is okay too once once you know that they're doing the right stuff and all of that. So so either or, but like you've got to be conscious that guys have have families. You know, they've got to go home to the, they're working long days now at the moment as well. So I don't think any guy wants to be out on the pitch for an hour and a half in January. And what at what point in preseason would you actually introduce? <coughs> the ball, the training, you know, kind of talking about like, the fitness side of it, but I suppose the skill sides are so important too, kind of, would you introduce that at the start or, or would you actually wait a couple of weeks till, till fitness has built up a bit? Well again, look, different guys will have different opinions on it. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I don't bring it in at the first week or the second week either. Yeah. I might do maybe two or three weeks just out and it, the only reason I don't do it is because it shortens the session. You know, and it, it like, it's probably freezing cold, it's pouring in down top of fellas. And your your basic aim for the first two or three weeks of the season is just to push up the fitness level, mm-hmm. you know, just a little bit, just to, so you can you can move on to, to other stuff. So, I I personally don't use the ball for the first couple of weeks, um, and it, it just shortens the session, and you can put a gym work with that instead. Then, if you want to, a couple of do's and don'ts. So for listeners, <coughs> like like I said earlier, like you've you've played with Cork, you've been you're involved with Skib, involved with Newcastle, you have the experience. Mm-hmm. So just to give the listeners a couple of tips, kind of like do's and don'ts when it comes to preseason training. I think from looking at teams that I've worked with in the past and some of the stuff that they might have done, it's, I think fellas have pushed it too hard too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then you lose a guy through injury and like you lose a guy at the start of the year with a hamstring injury, you could be talking six, eight weeks before you get him back. Yeah, you know That's a huge block of training that he will have missed out on and he probably won't catch up on for the rest of the year. So <clears throat> no, I, think, I think don't push guys too hard too early. Introduce them back into it and you've got to get feedback from, from players. You know, how they found the session... You know, did they rate it easy? Was it moderate? Was it hard? And you've got to be factoring that into your to your your monitoring of guys really. And just it doesn't have to be complicated. You just talk to a fella. Do you know, walk up to him after the session, what do you think of that? Do you know, was there more in the tank? Did you find it extremely difficult? Was it easy? And listen to the feedback. And you're hoping that all the guys are giving you similar feedback. And then they're all feeling that the session is, is where you want it to be. And then you can gradually start to up that and there's there's ways and means about doing that. So like I'd always err on the side of caution, and, and you're not going to break guys in the first week or two. Yeah. Would you tailor kind of a, a kind of sessions individually to players? Like if if, <coughs> if if player A finds it kind of he finds it okay, or player B is finding it hard, kind of would you individually tailor within training, or is it just one one level across it all? No, you'd have to you'd have to tailor it for different guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's no point in having your your fittest guy cruising for 25 or 30 minutes and maybe you're a guy at the other end of the scale and he's really suffering that's not going to help anybody so like that is one of the big advantages of doing a fitness test you you get an individual score for every guy and then you can monitor guys from there you can put them into different groups you can split your your training into maybe you might have three groups or four groups of different different fitness levels and then a guy slots into where he should be and that way doing it everyone's working at the same tempo like you do that fitness test right at the start. Would you do a follow-up fitness test after a couple of weeks or months just to see where fellas are at? Uh, personally, I fitness test guys about every six weeks just to see where they're at. Um, you want to make sure that, that no guy is actually overtraining and that he's training and training and actually going backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be detrimental to him. So I always fitness guys every fitness test guys every kind of six weeks. 
Um, and you also got to factor in kind of um, deload weeks. It's basically just taking some of the load off of fellas, um, giving them a chance to recover, um, letting the body recover again. And, and deload weeks, you can t- it doesn't have to be fancy. You can maybe tell a guy, maybe look, we're going to do a couple nights in the pool. You know, you're going to go to the beach, you're going to go for a walk in the water, maybe a juggle on the sand, that kind of stuff. It's just, I think guys have got made it a little bit too complicated and they're trying to, they're nearly dictating to guys what fellas should be doing. No, just, just give him a rest, give him a break, let him back off for a week. You know, and, and you'll be surprised when you get him back the following week, he's tearing for training again and he's starting to feel quite fresh. And that's the whole aim of the game. You mentioned overtraining there, and I presume that's a pitfall that a lot of players might fall into. They might just train too much, whether it's, it's too many sessions, too much in the gym. Like, what's the big danger? Is it they'll, they'll get injured? Like, they have a higher, higher, they're more susceptible to getting injured? Or what is the, the big danger with overtraining? Uh, there's a couple of things. That would be, that would be a main one, yes, um, where a guy will dust, the load will go over the top, and next thing he's, he tears a hamstring, he, he's, he's picking something. You know, you lose him for four or five weeks, and you could lose your fitness level in three to four weeks. So if you're losing a guy to a hamstring due to pushing him too hard and overloading him too much, then a lot of the work that he's he's done in the, in the previous five or six weeks, he's going to lose it. Mm. You know, so you know that's that's a big factor for sitting on the start of the year, looking at where your games at. You know, there's times of the year where you don't have games where you can push guys a little bit more, and then you got you got to back off coming into games. So the guy is fresh, you know, and and you know, you, you see you see teams maybe they're training like dogs right up to the championship game. And next thing they're flat in the championship game, you're wondering what's wrong. You probably pushed them too hard. Yeah. You know, you've left the whole thing on the training field. So like there's there's very easy ways of have you look at your season, when can I push it? When do I need to back off? When do I need to give guys maybe a, a rest for a week? And then you're 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 looking to get the most out of them for games. And does that play into trying to get a team to peak <coughs> for a certain point of the season? Uh yeah, it certainly does. Yeah, like this like it, especially in the J season, you've got to maybe maybe peak at a certain time. <coughs> <clears throat> excuse me and, and, and hold that for a certain length of time as well which isn't so easy to do Yeah, you know especially like with maybe the new farmer no, you could be playing championship in maybe April your next one could be July your next one could be the complete end of the summer again Yeah. so it's, it's, it's difficult to have a lad maybe raving at top speed in April and hold him the whole way through the summer so there'll be certain times where you're, you're getting to a certain level of fitness and then if he's not going to be playing for maybe two months again then you might back him off a little bit mm. you know you might do something else it might be just it could be anything. It could be you might go to the woods for a session where you just maybe just go for a run in the woods. It could be something completely different. You know, I know some teams do um, boxing sessions here and there, and I find them fantastic once they're put into the right area of the right time of the year. So there's there's different ways of, of keeping guys fit um, and interested. Is another big one. You know, if a guy loses interest, it doesn't matter how fit he is. Really, you're not going to get the best out of him. He's not going to be enjoying his football or his hurling or or, or she whatever whatever they're doing. So I think you, you've got to balance the whole thing together because the season is so long. What have you got a very interesting there, like you <coughs> said, to keep the players interested? You mentioned boxing, running through the woods. What, what do you introduce to, to your training just to keep players interested? Because like you said, I presume if it's the same thing week after week, fellas will just lose a bit of interest in that. Mm. So is that so important just to introduce these new elements, kind of whether it's take them out to the woods or, or do whatever? Yeah, you don't, you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel. You're not be doing, you might be doing anything completely different, but it might be a case of you're going from your own training pitch to somebody else's. You know, and then you might decide, you know, look, we'll have a night off and we'll go out together for the night. You know, you, you might, go, might go to your part of the country, might go over to County <laughs> Bones, and you might play a challenge game down there and you say, look, lads, we'll go for the night, and we'll come back home tomorrow and we'll start fresh again next week. And you, you'd be amazed at how that breaks the monotony of the whole thing. 
And I think guys, <clears throat> when guys get a little bit of freedom and they say, oh, geez, yeah, we're going to get a night out here. Do you know, so look, they look forward to it. And like, if you know yourself, if you're looking forward to anything, you're, you're going to do the task a bit better. And as well as the physical side, kind of, we're talking about pre-season training here, the strength and conditioning, like even hydration, recovery, rest, eating <clears throat> properly, they're so important too. Yeah, like I kind of use the analogy sometimes that if you, if you put dirty diesel into a car, it might go, but it's not going to go as well as it could. You know, so like I'm talking about, you know, you're, you're eating properly. It, it doesn't have to, again, it doesn't have to be real fancy. So if you're talking about your breakfast in the morning, a snack, maybe your lunch, a snack, your dinner in the evening and a snack. And then you're looking to get plenty of sleep after that. Mm. You know, like any, any guy training is looking for eight plus hours of sleep yeah. minimum, really and truly. Because if you like, that's when your body really recovers and, and you know, replenishes itself for the, for the week ahead and for the following days. Um, hydration is, is, is huge. You know, there's been lots of research done on maybe guys and girls that are underhydrated, and you just don't perform to your best. It's your 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 performance levels are, are very low. When it comes to like you said, there kind of again, the food is so so important. What are some of the big no-nos for for club players? Like, what food shouldn't you go next or near? <laughs> um, geez, I look, I could get shot, but. Look, we all just, know. Just players, a, players all over West Cork, no yeah, black under ears. Yeah, yeah, I understand. And look, yeah. I'm no angel either, but look, we all know that the fast food and, and uh, you know, the burgers and chips and, and the stuff like, very high in fat are, look, they're not the way to go, mm-hmm. really and truly. And look, I'm not saying cut them out completely. No, we all have them, but like, there'll be a time and a place to have them. Yeah. And you know, you, you, that's, again, that's, that's the balance of what I'm talking about. Um, I suppose a lot of the, the prepackaged food is, is, is high in sugar. Mm-hmm very high in sugar and you're getting a big burst and you're getting nothing else out of it really. You know, so like you're, you're looking for your, your, your regular run of the mill food which gives you sustained um, energy levels throughout the day. You know, you're looking to get enough, especially guys that are training very hard, maybe lifting heavy in the gym, you're looking to get certain levels of protein in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, again, your protein levels depend on your body weight, it depends on what you're trying to do. So again, everybody wouldn't be looking for the same intake of protein. But like, you know, guys and girls that are, are serious about their training and stuff will we'll talk to a nutritionist and, you know, maybe sit down with them and make out a little plan. And it doesn't have to be a, a big fancy plan. Again, it's just something that's suitable for them, mm-hmm. depending on what they're trying to do. Are they trying to maintain weight? Are they looking to, to cut? Are they looking to bulk up a little bit for the season ahead? Again, it, it depends on what they're trying to do. And I think most important of all that is fuel properly for games. What part of strength and conditioning actually attracted you to it in the first place? How come you got involved in, in, in this side of it? Oh, I just found it was it was fascinating what the what the body could do, mm-hmm. um, and like I used to, and I still do. I watch a lot of athletics and I watch a lot of track and field and like the diamond leagues. I think they're brilliant to watch, and it's just it's, it's just looking at the athletes there and what they can achieve and how much they're pushing their bodies. And I found it very interesting of how they were doing it, the methods of training that they were using. So like. I went to Satanta College for four and a half years and, and I just wanted to learn, mm. you know, and there's, there's a huge, there's a huge base of knowledge up there and just the amount of research that's out there on strength and conditioning and, and just fitness in general is, is huge and it's, it's evolving all the time. Mm. So I think you've got, you've got to move with it and you're always looking for the, the latest research out of you know, what's happening and keeping up the speed with it. So I, I just, I just think it's fascinating. So you're always learning. Like I said, being involved with Donovan Ross and the Cork in the 21st season and Newstown last year, Vernon, she had a great run with the footballers to the county semi-final. What's, what's, what's next for you? Like, you want to keep going down this path? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm. You know, I think so. I, I would like to think that I've had a bit of time left playing it, but, you know, like, 
you're making a lot of friends. You know, you're working with different clubs. Um, I know some some guys would say that maybe I'm a bit furry on the line or whatever, but look, that's all left inside the world. So look, you're you're, you're making you're making friends. Um, and I would like to keep going down the the path of working with teams and you know maybe looking at some of the <clears throat> some of the high up maybe rugby teams, maybe monster mm-hmm. rugby and guys. And just I would like to get a get a chance to see how they operate and 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 learn from those guys. So like you're meeting guys that have maybe done more than you are, a little bit more experience, and you're always looking to tap into the knowledge that they have. And it's it's fascinating that every team does something a little bit different, mm-hmm. and you know then maybe there's no there's no exact right and wrong to it. And it's just maybe what, what, you've got to find what works for the athletes that you work out. Like you obviously get a certain enjoyment from playing on the field, like you know, with, uh, football mm-hmm. boys. But let's mm-hmm. say you obviously get a certain enjoyment too from mm-hmm. seeing a footballer that you've trained take on board the advice you've given him and excel, kind of take take his game to the next level. You must get, get a certain satisfaction from that as well. Yeah, it's 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 nice to stand back and and watch a watch a guy that you've maybe trained with a couple of years coming through and and see the progress that he's made. <clears throat> and, you know, maybe maybe playing very well or, or winning again and coming off and he kind of just looks at you and said she's that worked mm-hmm. you know and you, you get a you get a fierce uh, feeling of satisfaction and you, you're just you kind of say to yourself well yeah but there's more you know we can have we can we can go more we can push it more we can we can do this we can do x y and z so like it's, it's there's a there's a big feeling of satisfaction attached to it and how much your brothers kevin and um, brian take on your advice when you're giving him these, these head for little snippets i don't know do i give him much i'm trying to catch the two of them going around the field so i'm not giving you much at the moment but um yeah look they look kevin is still involved with with cork and mm-hmm. you know they travel the country and they're they're playing against different teams and you, know, you get little bits of information about what other teams do and you know even tactically how they set up and it's just other teams' fitness levels at different times of the year, and I, you, I kind of always monitor that and record it and see where guys are at and how long you can keep your say your peak level of fitness up for before you got to back off and stuff. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. You're kind of always learning, mm-hmm. you know, and you can kind of it doesn't have to be fancy, but you can you can record what you do, you know, year in year out and and tweak it and change it a little bit until you find what's what works for you and what works for your athletes. You mentioned tactics there. Would you introduce <coughs> tactics into pre-season training, like kind of how a team's going to set up for the year ahead if the, if the management has a certain style in place? Would you kind of interview, introduce tactics, or is it too early in the year for that? Or, um, personally, I don't. Very early in the season, I just find that if you pick one or two things to focus on, and like in the pre-season, that's probably getting guys working properly in the gym, getting them on the correct program, and push you up their their level of fitness really. Mm-hmm. I kind of stick to the two of those just early on in the season. I think if you overload guys with lots of stuff, you kind of might fall between two stools and, and they mightn't get as much as they should out of the, out of the, out of the whole thing. So I, I don't introduce tactics early on in the season, but look, closer you get to game time or whatever, you've you got to be doing it and you've got to be doing your skill level and all that. But I find that if you, if you can get guys through the pre-season, they feel themselves getting a little bit fitter, they're enjoying the thing, then you're introducing a ball and you're introducing a new element all the time and they're... You know, basically, to me, you can't play a sport unless you're, you're fit. Mm. Well, you can't. You look. I don't say you can't play a sport, but you enjoy it much more when you're you, fit. You get more out of it. You get more out of it. Yeah, yeah. you get more out of it. Yeah. So I, I just find that, you know, you get you get guys and girls fit. You keep them fit, and then they enjoy the sport and they're playing much more. Brilliant, Colin. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. 
the Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. That was a good chat there with Kieran and Colin. And before we wrap up today's show and preview what's coming up in this week's paper, there's a small matter of the West Cork Sports Star Awards taking place this Saturday evening at the Celtic Ross Hotel. And Kieran, you might just give us a taste of what to expect. So obviously, some people who will be listening will probably be in attendance. We'll also have interviews from the night, probably on next week's podcast. And Jeremy McCarthy will be covering the event on social media throughout Saturday. So if you can't make it, keep an eye out. We'll have all your coverage and the announcement of all the award winners. But Kieran, maybe give us a taste of what people who are going can expect. It's always one of the great nights of the year. It's a celebration of West Cork sport. So how it works is every year, monthly winners are honoured and recognised for their feats. And then there's a gala awards night every January where the overall West Cork Sports Star of the Year is crowned. Um, we know a couple of winners already heading into this Saturday night in the Celtic Ross Hotel. <coughs> the team of the year will be St. James's GA Club for, for their well-documented success in 2019. The Special Achievement Award is going to the Dawny Ladies Footballers for their success in winning the County Junior um, B Football Championship. That's, of course, their last three finals in a row and then came back to win it in 2019. The Youth Award is going to a very, very talented um, Cork GA Jewel player, Fiona Keating from Corsi Rovers, who won All Ireland minor titles in hurling and in sorry in camogie and football with Cork last year. And she also plays for the Corsi Rovers um, senior team and the West Cork Ladies football team. And Fiona is someone we're going to be hearing a lot about in, in years to come. And I remember just after Fiona got her her quarterly award last year, the night after her presentation in the Celtic Ross Hotel, she went out, she scored 4-4 for Courses in the Senior County Camogie Championship. So a very talented young woman and a deserving winner. The West Cork Sports Star Hall of Fame inductee will be announced in this Thursday Southern Star. So pick up the paper to see who that is. And all I can say, it is a very, very talented West Cork sports person and very, very much deserving. Um, and the night, the overall West Cork Sports Star will be announced and I'm just going to very quickly run through those who are in the running. We have Mark White and Chris O'Leary from UCC. Both were involved in Sigerson Cup and um, Fitzgibbon Cup success earlier in the year. John Hodnett from Ross Carberry and Josh Witcherly from Kekil were part of the Ireland under-20 team that won the Grand Slam in early 2019. Melissa Duggan from Donnie's was a monthly award winner. Ian Crowley was the captain of Togar Celtic when they won the Beamish Cup in 2019. Conor Howerhan from Bendon, um, who plays at Ireland and Aston Villa, won the May Award after Villa got promoted to the Premier League. Darren McElhinney won the May Award after he won a bronze medal at the European Under-20 Athletics Championships in Sweden. Then we had Peter Driscoll won the August Award. Peter from Island Rovers, he was a captain of the Cork Under-20 team that won the All-Ireland. Fintan McCarthy, the Skibbereen Roarer, became a world champion also in August and he won an August Award for his endeavours. Imer Minahan from Skibbereen Rugby won... Well, she was the player of the tournament as Munster under 18s won the uh, Interpose last year. Then we had St James's GA captain Joe O'Sullivan after their footballers won their first ever Carby Junior A football championship. I'm nearly there. Tony Stevenson then, um, world champion kickboxer um, from West Cork Kickboxing Club and Bentry, won an award late in the year. And then the final monthly award went to Inya Breen from Skibbereen. She's the Munster Ireland rugby player who enjoyed a fantastic 2019. So as you can see there, Jack, the kind of 
the variety and the British sports covered again is phenomenal. You've world champions in there. You've you've all Ireland champions. You've um, some of the best athletes in the country. So for the selection committee to pick an overall winner, it's a very very tough task indeed. And that winner will be announced on Saturday night, and it will probably be on social media. I'm thinking around eleven quarter past eleven, hopefully. So um, you can check out our Twitter feed for that. Our special guest on the night is Jackie Hurley, the RT sports presenter, who has of course very strong links. To, to West Cork um, so all in all going to be a superb night it's uh, just a celebration of the best of West Cork sport um, with a full coverage in next week's Southern Star and hopefully next week's podcast we'll have a couple of interviews too so always a brilliant night and just to say in the last couple of years the winners have been off the charts Phil Healy Ireland's fastest ever woman won the award last year the overall award before that it was Shane O'Driscoll and Marco Donovan who were world rowing champions in 2017. Gary and Paula Donovan have won this award. Lily Delacour, De um, you go back to it's Graham Canty, Keith Cronin, Nolly Cleary, uh, Eugene Coakley and Timmy Harnady have won it twice, along with Jennifer O'Leary um, from Barry Row and Cork Camogie. They're the only people who've ever won this award twice. So it's just a fantastic award scheme. It's in its 22nd year. It's going strong. It's going to be a great night on Saturday night. And I for one can't wait. Yeah, neither can I, Kieran. I'll also be there with you, hopefully conducting some interviews with some of the monthly award winners, as we said, and we'll play those over the next few weeks on the Star Sport Podcast. Now, quickly, before we wrap up, you mentioned we're going to announce the Hall of Fame winner in this week's Southern Star. Anything else readers can look forward to? Yeah, there's plenty in this week's Southern Star. Um, the Cork Hurlers and footballers didn't enjoy too much success in their pre-season finals last weekend, but they are just pre-season, so um, you have to look at a bigger picture here. So Dennis Hurley was at the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick for us, so he's reporting back with all the news. There's a special two-page feature on St. James's um, footballers. It, it kind of ties in with our preview of the West Cork Sports Star Awards. Um, St. James's are winning the Team of the Year award for their success in 2019, so... I met up with Holly McCarthy, Kevin O'Brien and James O'Sullivan last week just to get their, their thoughts and I suppose the kind of the inside track and the inside story on their fantastic 2019 campaign. So that's a two-page feature that will be in this week's paper. Um, Beamish Cup is is, um, is is pouring on. There was a wins there for Spartak beat Skibbereen last week after extra time. Clannacilty Town won after extra time. So it's we're almost down to the last eight. So we have a full page on the Beamish Cup um, as well as that. There's two currently very quarterfinals on Wednesday. Um, you've Hemis at the Templeton High School are taking on Tralee CBS and Clannacilty Community College are in action too on Wednesday. So we will have reports of those two games in Thursday's Southern Star. Also, next week is a big week for Clash the Pubble Bentry's uh, junior rugby team because they're playing in the first round of the Munster Schools Junior Cup for the very, very first time. And I caught up with their um, teacher and coach, Peter Cawley, earlier today just for a chat about preparations ahead of such a big game. We have a picture special for Bednus Garty's GA social last weekend. There's plenty in there. Even though it's January, the kind of the sporting year is, is really picking up pace already. So pick up this Thursday Southern Star for another guaranteed good read. And if you can't get to the shop, you can always get it online, www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. And now before I hit the gym after being inspired by my talk with Colin Skill, and before I throw my processed dinner into the bin, um, I just want to say thanks for listening to this week's Star Sport podcast, podcast, podcast even. 
We'll be back at the same time next week. So if you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork.